in five, six, seven, eight. Cut. Hello, all. Welcome to episode three, season two of the Q podcast. Now, we are going to give a moment of silence for all of those red states, red voters, red believers that were just gunning for a second term. So we're just going to give them a little bit of time to realize their mistakes, accept defeat, and humbly move on and to continue trying to understand why the rest of us were fighting so hard to change our current state affairs. Okay, and with that being said, I would just like to thank everybody who voted, doesn't matter what side you voted for, thank you for doing your part. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And America, you did good. You did good, okay? The little faith that I had in humanity, it was preserved. It was preserved, alright? And this, this is a big step for our country Okay, we there's still work to be done. This is this is part one, you know. This is this is phase one, action one. There's still a whole a whole another level of stuff that we need to continue doing, um and and continue innovating to do. Big ups to all the black women around the country right now because we get shit done. We get shit done. I'm sorry. It's a fact. We get shit done. We've been getting shit done. We will continue to get shit done. So, yeah. Big ups to black women everywhere. Y'all are the real MVPs. Um, yes. So, today's, today's topic, fittingly enough, or at least fittingly enough for some of us, um, Today's topic is going to be about grief, um, and this is going to start a a, uh, a three-episode series um, about legacies, and I, I want to do this because there is so much value in a legacy, right? When somebody gets to the end of their life, they, they take stock, they evaluate, they look back, and they go, well, what did I do? with this time that I was here? What did I do with the time that I was given? And usually that time um, and what happens in between the time they were born and the time they die um, is thought of as their legacy. It is what they leave behind. I mean, usually the way that we view that is through the lens of grief. Um, So when someone dies, that is what we do. We talk about their life. We celebrate them. We talk about all the things that they've done, all the things they've accomplished, um, any accolades they may have got over that time. And so that becomes their legacy. That's what people remember. And, you know, given everything going on with the election, there is certainly a legacy being created, being made. 
um, this year, and as fucked up as 2020 was, this is probably one of the best legacy events that we've had. Um, and legacies can be good or bad, right? They're not all good. You know, you don't, some people don't have a legacy to leave behind or the legacy that they do leave behind is not of a positive fashion. Um, and so you, you really have to be grounded, I would say, in, in who you are and your beliefs and your values for your legacy to you know, be be indicative of of whatever those things are. Now, for me, um, my, my legacy is probably going to look different than a lot of everyone else's because my legacy does not include, um, having a family. And when I say having a family, I mean children. Um, and, and that's what people usually think of as, being, you know, the the staple of a legacy is having um, children to pass down things to, to, you know, have that generational cycle um, kind of continue. That's usually what people think of as a legacy. Um, For me, I don't have that same sense of legacy. Um, I, I have a different sense of legacy that, you know, while it may include future generations within my family, um, it's not going to be future generations, like, by my own birthright type of thing. Like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't plan on having any children um, to pass anything down to. Quite frankly, right now, I don't have anything to pass down. Um, but, you know, if I should ever, you know, accumulate something to pass down, um, it won't get passed down to my own kids. And so the this idea that legacy is something that you leave behind um many people tend to think of it as who you leave it behind for or or who you leave it behind with rather um and again that could look different for everybody not everybody has someone to leave their legacy to um which is why some people um like to like donate you know their things to science or they donate them to you know a university or some organization um, because maybe they don't have any family that they want to leave it to or they were just really big in those organizations and they they want to they that's what they want their legacy to be they want their legacy to be a continuation of that organization receiving support and growth and development and all of that Um, and so for me um, a part of my legacy I would say came up um, this past week, and it's not so much part of my legacy, um, as it is a, or as it would have been, um, something that could have been a part of my legacy, and so last week, um, on Monday, my brother's birthday, um, was on Monday, and he would have turned 21 years old. And for those of you who don't me, don't know me, um, even the people that probably do know me, um, most of you don't know that I had um, a brother um, who passed away. He's not someone that I, you know, frequently talk about, but he's definitely someone that I always carry with me. Um, 
and basically what happened was so I was born premature um I was three months premature which is about 27 weeks um and the the well no it's not about 27 weeks it's about well either way I was three months premature and my brother was born a few weeks before that um and so I believe 27 weeks that's what it is um 27 weeks is the viable period for a premature baby to survive um with a fighting chance with uh life-saving measures um I believe anything before 27 weeks is pushing it um and if I'm not mistaken my brother was born at 21 weeks um so there was really not much of a chance for him um and and that was a very difficult time for our family and you know it it changed all of us I think nobody really talks about that but I I do think that it changed all of us um me more so than um more so than most I think um it was always my dream to have a brother um originally I wanted an older brother but as a six-year-old you kind of don't you don't think about the fact that that can't happen because you're already born um but I always wanted a brother and when I found out that my brother was going to be coming into the world I was very happy um because I that's what I always wanted and I was going to get what I always wanted and then I didn't and so that really did affect me um in a way that I don't think everybody else kind of understood um and I do have other siblings um but I'm not as close with them as I could be probably and that's definitely something that's weighed on me a lot uh, more recently um and I think it's because of my brother that passed away that I that I can't fully connect or, or that I have trouble fully connecting with the siblings that are alive and well um so yeah so because it was his 21st birthday I wanted to do something to just kind of like remember him by I mean I always remember him like every year on his birthday um I typically do something for him um but this year because he was turning 21 I really wanted to you know kind of make a statement out of it um and of course because of lovely COVID um I did not get to do what I wanted to do for him uh, the way that I planned but that is okay because I know that my brother knows that I love him um and, and I did do something on a smaller scale for him in my own way um and I, and I believe that he saw that and he appreciated that nonetheless. Um, and I did find something else to do for him. Um, that is going to be, you know, a longer lasting thing than what I had originally planned. So it all worked out. Um, and, and that's the thing about grief. You know, it, it, it is something that stays with you. And it is something that you, you do carry. And at least for me, it has gotten a little bit better um, each year that goes by. And 
you know, it's, it's a process, really. It is a process. And if you are going through any new losses, you're still holding on to old losses, like, it is your process. You know, don't let anyone rush you into getting over something um, that you feel is maybe something you need to take a little bit more time with um, and, and definitely do it on your terms. You know, don't don't let anyone um, kind of strong arm you into keeping a memory um, the way that they see it. You know, definitely if you're going to try to memorialize someone or something, um, remember them the way you want to, you know, um, r- remember them in whatever way is going to help you heal and and help you to, you know, keep living for, for the next day. Um, and, and we've all known grief, you know, this year especially, there's been so many losses um, in 2020, you know, people, we've had COVID, which have kind of just stopped all the social interaction, people have lost their jobs, people may have lost some relationships with family and friends due to all the political stuff, like, 2020 has definitely been taking and taking and taking and taking, um, and, and it really hasn't given much back. Um, with the exception of this election, and, you know, it's, it's definitely been a time for us this year, it, it really, really has, and so when, you, when you're thinking about grief, you need to remember that it's going to be different for everybody, um, even if it's the same experience, so if you, if anyone has lost a family member this year due to COVID, you know, so many things can affect how you're dealing with that, right? If you've lost an elderly family member, right, it, it, you know, they may have, because they're elderly, for some people dealing with that, it might be a little bit easier to swallow because they were elderly and, and maybe they were already sick or they had some ailments already, um, and that's certainly not to say that, it, you know, you're not going to feel sad or you're not going to feel upset. Um, but if they were already someone that was struggling, you know, like one of the things that people say all the time is that they're not suffering anymore or that they're in a better place. And for some people that helps. For some people that's comforting to know that, um, you know, to not have to walk into a room and, or, or see a video chat of them hooked up to every machine in the world. For some, that's comforting to know that they don't have to do that. Um, they don't, you know, that their loved one doesn't have to be suffering in that way anymore. And even though, you know, the people that are left behind are still suffering, oftentimes people forget that grief for some people is a relief. Um, it can be because for more so probably for people who are caregivers. And even though you're you know, upset that your loved one is gone, the toll that caregiving takes on someone is something that is not widely talked about, and and I think more people should talk about it, because being a caregiver in any sense of the word requires so much energy. Um, You, especially if you're caring for someone who needs everything done for them, if you have to help them get dressed, if you have to help them bathe, if you have to feed them, um, that takes a lot out of, a lot of energy out of anyone. Um, and so being mindful that if you do have moments where 
you're thinking about something that you've lost and you feel like oh my god I, I think I kind of feel happy that I don't have to deal with this anymore that's okay you know that's a valid response because when you lose something you do feel the natural sense of loss right that you don't have something that you once cared about that was once important to you but depending on how taxing that thing was some part of you may feel like okay i don't have to do this anymore i don't have to stress about whether or not this thing is going to you know be sustainable anymore because it's gone now um and for again for some people that's going to feel like a relief it's going to feel like okay i don't have to micromanage every part of somebody else's day and still manage my own um and for others it could be the worst thing in the world they're again going back to the caregiver thing it is so taxing both physically emotionally and mentally because when you are a caregiver um that is with someone 24 7 when you're no longer with them you you lose much more than than the person you were taking care of you lose bits of yourself as well um because you're so much of your life was in you know entwined and 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 meshed with theirs that you no longer feel like you have a purpose because you used to get up every day and go take care of this person and now that they're gone what do you do where do you go you know like yes you have more time to focus on the things that you want to do or that you were doing but so much of it was planned around this other person and their needs and now you're like well I, I don't know how to plan because I used to plan around all of their stuff and now I don't know how to plan without planning around something else and, and you, you have to relearn things um, very quickly um, and, and so you know again and, and even that that's a process right you have to learn how to uncouple your mind um, from this other person or from this other thing that you were putting so much time and energy into and you then have to reprogram your mind to be a single entity again to think for only the things that have to do with you instead of having to do with everyone else some parents go through the same thing with their children as their children get older and they have to think less and less and less and less for their kids um, they tend to have moments where you know sometimes they seem a little bit overbearing on their children because they're like i want to be involved i want to be involved i'm i'm so used to being involved in your life that as their kids get older the kids are like you know mom dad i got this i can do it on my own or like i have my own friends or you know i have my own family now you don't need to be here and and they go through a similar process of learning how to uncouple themselves from the people they were caring for um now again not everybody feels the same way some parents are like yes get out of the house me and your father want to just you know go buck wild with abandon um and if you have those parents i'm so sorry like <laughs> but um but you know everybody does things everybody handles loss in a different way and so you know everybody has their own process and and you have to respect that and you have to honor that um, unless they're hurting themselves or someone else, like, just let people 
deal with stuff how they're gonna deal with it um and so thinking about future losses you know what what things may be coming for you that that might become problematic you have to remember that loss is always synonymous with change um and change can mean a variety of things change can mean growth change can mean development change can mean regression you know change can mean progression um change can mean you know stalemate or stagnant um it it can mean so many different things depending on what you do with it so for example the selection that the when when that change came about um in 2016 when donald trump won the election that change felt very uh regressive to some felt like we were moving backwards um and now that we have yet another change um with joe biden being the new president-elect for some that change feels very progressive it feels like we are moving in a forward direction there um and so it really is it, it depends on what side of the coin you're looking at right because there are two sides to most stories right i like to say that there are three um there's you know what what this person said what that person said and then there's the truth somewhere in the middle um but overall you know there there's there's an a side and there's a b side and you have to weigh all of your options when change or loss happens now because grief is one of those things where it is both um it is both enhancing and demanding at the same time um it's it's harder to tease out so what i mean by that is grief is demanding and that you now have to go from a state of you had your routine and now you don't um so something is no longer there for you to base things off of it's something is no longer there for you to stabilize around and so it is very demanding and that you have all these other things that you have to focus on in order to re-stabilize yourself right um but it is also enhancing in that a lot of times in a moment of grief there is an overwhelming increase of support um there's an overwhelming increase of love um and so for example with a family member when you lose a family member yes everybody is doing their part to make sure that this family member's affairs are in order and that whatever leftover things that they might have are properly taken care of but also the family is coming together there is a regrouping a rejoining of sorts between the family members that are surviving and so grief is one of those twofold things where as sad as it is it can also be a very uplifting time for some people now overall you know there is many 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 questions that people have about loss right what happens when we die you know is there a heaven or hell um if there isn't 
what is that like and 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 so on and so forth and you know strangely enough no one living has ever found out the answer um and there's (laughs) there's plenty of people who you know the people who die for like two minutes and they're flatlined for two minutes and then they come back seemingly and they talk about that experience um but again that was just an experience right and and many people say oh that was just the lack of oxygen to your brain or you know your your body um turning off briefly for a minute right and whatever reason their body quote-unquote turned back on um most people would say that's just a it was just a uh the body's reaction to, to the decreasing of, of chemicals that make the body work. Um, and for spiritual people, they might say, you know, no, you know, I saw God or I saw the light or whatever they might say. Um, and they told me it wasn't my time yet. And so they sent me back or, or whatever they, whatever they have experienced. And again, for them, it, it, it implicits a change afterwards, right? Um, because if you were to wake up one day and somebody told you you were flatlined for five minutes um and then but you're awake and you're like well what do you mean and they're like well you died for five minutes and then you came back right um you would have some pretty interesting thoughts about what the hell just happened um and you know the mind is designed to do that so it is even with with amnesia patients the mind is designed to fill in the blanks Um, But when there isn't enough to fill in the blanks with, um, there can be those holes. And so grief in its own right is a way, is a function um, of change and that it forces you to think about things that you may have never otherwise thought about, right? Like, so somebody wakes up from a 10-year coma and they don't remember anything within that 10 years, none of the nurses coming in and out, none of their family members sitting with them. Um, the, the thoughts that they might have might all have to do with, okay, well, what was I doing before this moment and who do I want to be now? And whatever thoughts they might have had in the middle, right, um, are only known to them. Because, of course, the family is going to come in and go, well, this is who you were, and, you know, here's where you were when you were 16, and this is what you wore to prom, and don't you remember? And and you may not, and that's okay. Because, again, it's a process, right? When you go through a loss of any sort, when you come to, to what it is that you're, what it is you're doing, or what direction you finally want to move in, you do have a sense of, um rebirth that happens whether it's mentally emotionally um physically you are in essence a different person than you were when you went into the situation and so loss in of itself is again a twofold thing it is something that kind of stops you for a moment but also propels you to keep moving forward Um, And so for anyone who feels like, you know, they've lost so much this year and they don't know how they're going to continue, maybe this time right now is just time for you to be put where you are and and, and be um, sifted, in a sense, for when you are ready 
to start moving forward, right? When you plant a seed, you don't plant a seed the first day and expect the flower the next. It's, it takes time. And so think of loss in a way as planting roots, right? It is your life-saving mechanism that is trying to help you develop um, and grow. And, you know, that's probably the, the, that's probably the one thing that almost anyone who's ever lost a family member hears from their loved one, right? It's, it's, you know, make better choices than I did. It's, you know, don't do the same things that I did or learn from my mistakes. Those sorts of sentiments, um, that, that people will tell you. And even, you know, even if you're not losing someone in the sense of them dying, you know, if you have a mentor that maybe is moving on to another venture and they're leaving you to, you know, take over and, and be the top person now, like, that's what they say. Learn from my mistakes. Do things better. You know, really think about things before you do them. Um, they are, yes, invoking that feeling of, you know, grief in that they're leaving. And, and you've learned so much from them and you want to keep learning from them, but, but it's their time to move on. But they're also giving you the opportunity to step up and step into a, a new role, a new, a new change, a new, a new position of growth and development, right? Because if you step into their shoes, you then have some growing to do right because you you do want to do a better job than they did because that's what they trained you for that's what that's what they taught you to do to do all the things as they would have done them but also to do things better to keep moving things forward to keep that progression going and so when you're thinking about grief remember that it is the same thing as teaching a child almost on a very fundamental level so your child is learning how to walk for the first time you know you have to first get them to sit up on their own then you have to get them to crawl on their own then you have to get them to stand up on their own then you have to get them to take one step put the other foot in front of the other and then they may take a couple steps and then they may fall back down right because they don't quite know how to stabilize on their own just yet or without holding on to something else and so you do that a couple times and suddenly they're running around the house you know half naked and you're trying to change a diaper and now they're off to the races on their own they know how to stand on their own two feet and so but but there's always going to be those things that come up right they're going to take a couple steps they're going to fall down They're going to be running and running and running and then maybe they run into the dog or, you know, somebody comes in the house unexpectedly and they run into the person. Um, And that that there's going to be moments where you make mistakes. There's going to be moments where accidents happen. But you get up, you brush yourself off, and you learn from that and you keep going. Um, You know, it's it's almost like telling a kid not to touch something and they keep touching it, and you keep hitting their hand, and you keep saying no, and then they do it again, right? And then you do it again, 
and then they do it again, and this is cycle until they finally learn, okay, I probably shouldn't touch that, because every time I touch that, mom gets mad, or sister gets mad, auntie gets mad, whoever it is, and they hit my hand, and I don't like that. And so, it's a similar fashion. Life deals us these wonderful lemons, and we have to continue to use them in a fashion that keeps making us lemonade, or we can let the lemon sit there and sour and be in a not great place. And, and there is a time for that. You know, nobody is saying if you lose something that you have to just, you know, knuckle down and, and get over it right away. You don't. There, There is a time and place for sitting and processing and just being uncomfortable. Um, it's necessary because that feeling, the feeling of sitting there in your uncomfortableness that is probably the biggest lesson that anybody can learn um and it's not just grief related it's with anything when things go wrong you have to sit in that uncomfortableness you have to sit with the fact that there was a mistake that was made whether you made it or not you have to sit with the fact that there was a mistake made and then figure out how you're going to get past it any any situation that you deal with in life requires a level of vulnerability that is rooted in being able to sit with the uncomfortable and if you cannot do it if you struggle to do it you are going to have a hard time um and that's just a fact the good news is that you can learn to be better at it many people struggle with expressing their emotions many people they don't know how to talk about when they're feeling angry or sad or even when they're feeling happy can you imagine that some people don't know how to say i'm really enjoying my life today or i'm really you know loving the fact that i have my family and friends with me some people don't know how to do that some people don't know how to enjoy what they have they're they're so they're so worried about losing it later that they can't enjoy what they have right then and there and they're so worried about protecting it and keeping it close and keeping it safe. Um, you see it most often with money, I would say, where people, like, let's say somebody wins the lottery and then they become super, super frugal, right? Um, and it's just like, you, you have enough that you can, like, you know, you can spend responsibly and people are just like, no, 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 I don't want it to go anywhere. It's like it's all gonna go so quick if i start if i start using it it's just it's just gonna disappear it's it's not if you have self-control and you know if you're responsible with it but hey do you it's your money right um but yes there is a level of discomfort that comes with grief on any level you could get an f on your final exam for the year and maybe that means you have to take an extra course or take a summer course in order to be able to graduate on time and in the time that you get told that you failed your final exam and the time that you decide what you're going to do so that you can graduate on time that is called discomfort and it can be a very long period or it can be a very short period depending on how you choose to face the problem now again there is a time for you know, putting on a brave face and, and handling your business, but you need to be able to sit with that discomfort first. 
So if you're the person who gets told you failed your final exam and you start hyperventilating and you break down in tears, probably not going to help you much. There's a place and time to do that, but right then and there, that's probably not going to help you much. If you were to say have that same situation, but you said, you know, thank you, professor, what are my options? You find out what your options are so that they're in there, they're in your head for later, and then you can go back to your dorm and hyperventilate and cry and have your moment, right? Um, Because that moment still needs to be had. The acknowledgement of the loss is always something that needs to be done. When it is done and how it is done are subjective to your situation and circumstance, but that is the most important part. That is the key point of sitting in your discomfort is acknowledging that there is something that has gone wrong and you have to be able to admit that things are going to go wrong nothing is going to be perfect not everything is always going to be smooth sailing things are not always going to be easy life requires work life requires living and life requires failure unfortunately you know if we could all just do things and and not have things not work out if we could all just do things without mistakes if we could all just do things and have them go in our favor that would be lovely but unfortunately life does not work that way and so you have to be prepared for the discomfort you have to be prepared to be vulnerable and you don't have to open the floodgates and just cry over everybody that brings up your situation you can you can choose you know you you still very much need to have control over who has access to that you know and so there still needs to be boundaries there with your emotional expression because not everybody else can take that and so if you're gonna say to somebody hey i really need to talk Do you have a minute and they tell you actually i don't or they tell you you know you know maybe they ask what is it about and you you give them a brief synopsis right and they say i'm i really don't think i'm the person they handled that please believe them because the last thing that you want to do is start to emotionally unload on somebody who's not capable of handling it and then they do something or say something that makes you worse off that that's not what you want if you're reaching out for help you want to reach out for help to the right people or the right person you want to be able to reach out to someone who is solid who is stable who's going to be able to hold whatever feeling you're having in that moment and help you move on to the next feeling once you've expressed it so definitely be mindful of who you're picking to you know to emotionally express to because that is just as important as being able to express the feelings themselves Um, even when you're venting or ranting with yourself um, like you're the only one there and you're, you're having a conversation with yourself be mindful of where you are also because if you start going down the rabbit hole in your mind about various things and you're not completely ready to handle the thoughts that you're having you're gonna spiral You're going to send your own self into a state of, you know, overwhelming discomfort. And that's, that's not what you want to do. You want to be able to 
analyze the situation um, from a very surface level. Okay, here's the problem. Here's what went wrong. Here's how I might be able to fix it. You, you kind of want to stay in that area until you've acknowledged everything that you need to acknowledge. Because if you start to deep dive before you've gotten through all of the ins and outs of the issue, you may start to um, you may start to self implode, um, and you don't want to do that. Um, you don't want to get to the point where you start to turn inward and magically say that everything is your fault um, because everything is not your fault even if the problem at hand was primarily like due to your behavior or something you said that doesn't mean that everything else that followed after that was on you nine times out of ten there is somebody else that is involved right it takes two to tango when problems are created they are not usually they are not solely created by one particular thing all on its own. There are many factors that go into conflict, um, and usually conflict is not a one-sided thing, meaning that conflict is rarely, rarely created from one sole external or internal factor. Um, but you need to be aware of all of that before you get to that point, which is why if you are self-analyzing anything you need to stay on a very surface level until you are ready to admit whatever that surface level thing is so you can't go searching for an answer to why your relationship failed for example if you can't even say that you were a part of the reason why your relationship failed um, if you're automatically going to go, well, it was them, and they did, and they didn't do, and, and you can't acknowledge your role in that, in that problem, you're not ready to, to go asking deeper questions. Um, and so you need to be able to admit the surface level foundational problem first before you start deep diving into anything else, um, which is usually why therapy is recommended for plenty of people for various reasons um, when they go through major life changes or losses and so but if therapy you know is out of your reach you have to be able to have the hard conversations as they say on your own and you have to be able to do them safely um, because when you don't you spiral and you self-destruct and you start doing dysfunctional things that nobody wants you to do so Overall, you know, again, grief is one of those things that is going to demand a lot from you in the moment. Um, but once you're finished meeting all of those demands, it can then enhance your thought process for where you go afterwards. Even if you do do all the analyzing wrong and you become the most dysfunctional person because you can't handle the grief and you tried to handle it on your own, when you are finally able to get out of that point or get out of that hole, you can then look back and go, okay, this is, this is, this is why I shouldn't have done this by myself because here are all the problems that I created that could have been avoided 
had I done this the right way the first time, right? And so usually when one loss happens, we scramble to keep other losses from happening. And if we're not in healthy places and making healthy choices, we are going to cause more losses um, in in effort to try to keep any from happening. Um, and it's just going to be this, this downward spiral that you don't want to be in. Um, which is why you need to take your time when losses happen. Because if you don't, you're already not thinking clearly because you've lost one thing. You know, imagine imagine what someone's thought process is like when they lose multiple things at one time or they lose multiple things one right after the other. Compound grief is very difficult to do by oneself. You almost always need a support system um, to get through compound grief because there's so many things that are happening and your mind is just trying to survive. You know, your, your thought processes are trying to be stable from one day to the next. And so if all that means is that you get up and shower every day and that's all you have energy for because everything else is too much, that's, what, that's where your mind's going to stay is that, okay, we just need to get up and shower and maybe eat something. And some people don't even get that far. Some people are just like, I'm staying in bed because it's comfortable in bed and I want to be comfortable and everything else outside of that is uncomfortable and so that's where I'm going to be. Um, so I, I, I said that to say, you know, again, when you are thinking about your future and what you want to leave behind, think about the concept of loss or grief within your family and think about how that affects how you make decisions. Think about how that affects your relationships. Um, and ask yourself, you know, anytime something bad has happened or you've lost something, what have you done? How have you handled it? Um, and think about how much change that brought about, how much development that brought about. Um, think about what you learned from those situations. And hopefully, you know, you all can say that you've you have been learning things um, from all the, you know, all the negative moments or all the setbacks or all the losses in your life. Hopefully you have been able to learn something. And if you haven't, ask yourself, why not? You know, what hasn't changed each time you've lost something that you haven't been able to learn a new way of moving forward or you haven't been able to progress in some way? Yes. So that is today's episode. Um, again, America, thank you for helping to pivot the country, helping to move the country, hopefully in a forward direction, and, and to bring about change in a way that was most desperately needed. So, next week is going to be part two of the Legacy series, um, and right now I am trying to coordinate with the person that is going to be co-hosting with me for that episode, um, if our schedules line up, um, so hopefully that works out. If it does not, 
next week will be about a different topic than I have originally planned, which is okay. Um, but yes, so I hope you all enjoy the, the, the rest of this lovely Sunday. It's really nice out, so if you live in PA, um, get outside today. It's really beautiful. The weather's like a nice even temperament. Um, spend some time outside today and be grateful for what you do have. Be thankful, um, and just, uh, recognize yourself, acknowledge yourself today and acknowledge the people around you. You guys have a great and beautiful rest of the weekend. Stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands. Yes, there is still a pandemic going on. Please do not forget that. Um, If you're celebrating in all this election glory, just remember, like, you know, it's, there's still things happening and the world didn't stop because of the election. And so just be safe um, and you guys enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you next week. just informed that Alec Trebek has died. So, thank you, 2020, for yet another loss. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Alex Trebek was the longtime host of Jeopardy, um, and he was battling cancer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's been battling cancer, I think, for the last few years. Uh, so, we raise a glass to you, Alex. You have been, you have been a staple in a lot of people's lives, and Jeopardy was that show. It was that show. So, for anyone who didn't know the legacy of, of Alex Trebek, like, Please just go watch old episodes of Jeopardy. Um, he guest starred on Golden Girls, which is like one of my favorite shows of all time. So if you've ever watched the Golden Girls episode where Dorothy tries out for Jeopardy, um, it's it's a funny episode. But he was a good man. Um, he was well-liked by most people. Definitely well-liked by the American audience. So... Rest in peace, Alex. You are no longer suffering.